Hello and welcome to Eclectic Waffle, the podcast with one theme only, interesting conversations with interesting people about interesting things. I'm your host, Tom, and it's very nice to have you here. The first order of business today is a chat with my friend James, all the way from sunny Australia. Hello, James. Welcome to Eclectic Waffle. Hello, Tom. Thank you very much for the invite. I feel very privileged and uh, and honoured to be on Eclectic Waffle. My first time. Absolutely. And I'm and sure it won't be your last unless I do something outrageous. <laughs> uh, it's very good to hear your voice. i uh, just trying to think... Um, uh, I don't. Unfortunately, we haven't had a phone call uh, since I came back to the southern hemisphere. Um, but I was just thinking, the last time I caught up with you was in the lovely city of Oxford. We had a time, didn't we? That was a good day. And the the gentleman sitting near us who yes. uh, had a few too many sherbets. He did. He was um, he was a, an army veteran and. Uh, we became quite self-conscious, really, about uh, the uh, well. There was a bit of a difference in our in our worldviews. He he became more and more um, uh, frankly spoken about his extreme left-wing views, didn't he? Um, but he has yeah, served his... so more than I guess I could claim. Um, but yeah, no, he. Uh, I wouldn't have been amazed if he'd have pulled out a hunter's knife and attacked us both, but it, it didn't happen in the end. So we lived to we lived to fight another day. Yeah, I think uh, you know we're both lucky to leave there with a with a pulse. Um, but he, uh, I think if we if we give if if he'd given one of us a glare or we'd accidentally given him a glare, I think he, uh, you know, it looked like he could, uh, as you described uh, a gentleman a number of years ago, the ability to be able to skin a rabbit and eat it. Um, well, I did say that about someone, and of course, um, that someone was you before we met. Um... Uh, I'd obviously seen you around the office that we both worked in, and um, you seem perfectly pleasant. But you, you've got this kind of, um, yeah, you have this air of physical competence about you, which, when I told you, I think came as a great big surprise. I, I do remember. I remember that you, you did tell me that you sent me a message, and uh, I laughed for a good five minutes because <laughs> I I wouldn't know one end of a rabbit from another, so. It's quite good to look hard, though, isn't it? I mean, both of us are quite gentle people, but we both look like we could take yeah, out three or three. Well, I know, uh, I know you, you get a bit of attention if you ever went to a, uh, a soccer... Uh, sorry, sorry, forgive my blasphemy, a football stadium. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before, uh, <laughs> before, I, before I shaved my beard off, I was, uh, I was frisked every time I went to a game. Um, it, it, it's... Uh, but, I, I mean... I it's guess not the worst trait to have, is it? It's not the worst trait. And I'm just sort of thinking, I mean, I'm going to be accused of needing to check my privilege. But, uh, I mean, they do need to profile people. There aren't many little yeah, old ladies to kick off a football matches, are there? Yeah, sorry, sir. You're looking a bit too physically competent there. We just need to bring you down a few notches, just remind you that, uh, yeah, just, just watch it. So what you're saying is I look pretty hard and cool. Yeah, okay, I can live with that, yeah. Frisk yeah. away. Ah. Yeah. Oh God. Again. Come on. I'll, I'll Come on. Volunteer next time. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you must be missing Aussie rules. Uh, I am, although uh, it. Well, yeah. Normally, uh, what is it? Um, 
almost the, it was the last weekend of May. So there's normally about five rounds or five or six rounds by this point, or, or maybe a bit, no, more. There's about eight weeks, eight, wow. eight games uh, per, per team by this point. So we had the one game and then, um, you know, someone ate a, um, someone ate a bat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, dickhead. The rest yeah. is history. Yeah, I hope it was fucking good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We need to know: was the bat at least tasty? Um, oh, it's oh. it's not, not so much the butterfly effect as the as the bat effect. It's been it's been awful. Had Port Adelaide been having a good a good season up to then? Well, I'll have you know. Thank you very much for uh, your wonderful memory and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah uh, of 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 my team that, that runs through uh, my blood. Um, Yes, we're actually on top of the ladder after round one. Um, so if oh, so you quite like to see the season end and points be awarded as of now? Yeah, I mean we'd we'd get we'd little little uh, asterisk next to the next to the premiership for eternity. Yeah. So I don't know how I'd feel about that, but um, no. Uh, though they had a great, great first game, it wasn't against a great opponent, but um, the get the season's due to start again in uh, under a fortnight. So, um, so they're going to test them all, are they? Yeah. So, because um, each state, so I'm sure you know, we have the three tiers of government, which you know is you know, just a faultless system. Um, I do hope that other people have... are listening to this as well, so feel free to explain it for them. To them. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I do know that. I did explain that, yeah. Pardon, sorry? You do know you're being recorded, yeah? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> more, more than happy, um, especially to go on about Aussie rules. You'd never be able to shut me up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, federal, state, and uh, council, uh, the three tiers, and then you've got uh, each of, you know, 18 different clubs in the AFL and um, you got two teams in W Western Australia, two teams in a South Australia, you know, Queensland team, 10 <coughs> Victorian teams and two Sydney teams. So yeah. Uh, coordinating that across different borders when each state has slightly different rules is um, slight, you know, slightly complicated. Um, it's Cause a massive country thing. physically as well, isn't it? I, I, I hadn't yeah. always realised that until you look on a map and compare it to other countries. It's enormous. Well, I, I hadn't... Well, it's sort of the opposite with me. When I came over to, to the UK and um, uh, you hop on a plane and within, you know, 50 minutes you can be in Amsterdam or three hours yeah. you can be in uh, Kiev or Bucharest or even a little bit longer and you're in um, Istanbul. And uh, if you're in Istanbul, it's not too far away from, you know, certain parts of the world that wouldn't mind a caliphate. Um, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so getting, getting across Europe is absolutely you know, easy, or at least it used to be back in the pre-bat days. And um, Pre-bat days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before the day of the bat. Yeah, yeah. Before Bruce Wayne decided to um, have his vengeance. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, tra- traveling through Europe is just, incredible when you the, the different um cities and cultures you can get to within that time frame and then i come back to australia and it's and there's no culture that was a joke that was a joke that was a joke that was a joke that was a joke, was a joke. 
Oh, it's okay. Oh, I know that's next not time true. I, see I you, know I'll that's not true. To, I'll just have to skin you alive like a rabbit next time I see you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Just don't you, eat the rabbit. You know, you see God that, knows you what might that happen. Noise. That's the C four I put under your, your desk. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, crikey! Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it takes seven hours to drive from Adelaide to Melbourne. So um, and six hours at least flying from um, Perth to Sydney and. I think Perth is the most isolated capital city in the world. So, you know, apart from that, it's all great. Well, it gives people a different sense of time. I remember when I, when I went to South Carolina, um, as I was preparing to go, I, um, I had a friend and, and his, uh, his father was a politician in Tennessee. And he said, oh, you must come and see us if you're in South Carolina. That's only a seven-hour drive away. <laughs> British people wouldn't say that. <laughs> wouldn't say that. Oh, you're going to be in London. Oh, we're in Inverness. You must come up to Scotland. It would only be a, a work of a moment. Yeah. Just a little seven-hour drive. But, of course, a seven-hour drive on a, on a massive, great, straight motorway is a more pleasant experience than a seven-hour drive, much of it stuck in traffic and uh, winding around yeah. and getting car sick. There are um, – I, I haven't travelled too far in Australia, which I, I should really do and more. And, uh, I mean, now that um, domestic holidays are well and truly back on the agenda – um, you know, I can't imagine I'm going to be, um, well, I'll never be going via Wuhan, um, if I'm going to be traveling to another continent, but, uh, you know, no. I should really, um, I should really check out, you know, Western Australia and, um, you know, parts of even South Australia, it goes right up towards the middle, uh, towards what we, what we call the Northern Territory. And it's just such rough landscape and, um, doing a, you know, a top to bottom or a bottom to top. A trip is can be yeah pretty pretty magnificent to you know go and see uh, Uluru and some of the other lands. Do you like doing it rough? Do you like doing it rough, top to bottom? <laughs> I just normally go straight through the middle and don't don't ask any questions. Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. Well, the Adelaide Hills, which I've not had the great privilege of visiting, but you sent me some photos, and my God, they look gorgeous. It reminded me slightly of photographs of Texas Hill Country. Yeah, um, just wonderful kind of fecund countryside, kissed by the sun. Yeah, it must be heaven on earth. Uh, it is. Um, it is a very charming part of the world. I, I'd say it's certainly one of the most beautiful parts of not only South Australia but Australia. Um, it's yeah, you know, beautiful wine country. Uh, lots of uh, yeah. produce, you know, fruit and vegetables up here. You know, some of the best wine in the world um, in South Australia more broadly, but. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm back. Um, I'm staying with my my parents actually at the moment because I'm obviously normally based in uh, in Sydney. But I'm um, just back here whilst you know the uh, the the wild markets get their shit back together. And um, you know when it quite I, I didn't know quite, you were back home. Yes, yeah. So just back here for two months just to catch up with uh, with everyone. And you know we're all working from home, so. Yeah, that's seems um, a bit the, the the year of the laptop for for white collar work. It is. Anyway. It is. Well, it's the year of the bat or the year of the laptop, depending on your uh, cultural perspective, I suppose. And without uh, asking you anything um, too pressing that would appear on air, are your family all doing okay? Yeah, all, all, yeah. Thank you. They're all, all very well, and um, yeah, very happy to have me back here. And it's good to to catch up with them. And um, yeah, it's 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 a really pleasant part of part of the world really here it's um very charming in in autumn and gets pretty wintry and and cold in um uh you know uh june july oh so you have seasons you have seasons (laughs) 
Yeah, believe it or not. No, no, I'm not being, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. No, no, no. But uh, we do think of Australia as a kind of uniformly hot place. But of course, uh, that's not actually true, is it? Uh, in some parts, it is. Uh, you know, I think there's places, um, you know, on the Gold Coast up in Queensland where it's uh, there's something like 200 plus days of the year where it's above 25 degrees. So, you know, if you if you love that. And Good sleep, Lord. Yeah, it, it's always a blue skies. Um, but then if you get really out in the country part, so it's not too far from where I am. So I'm in the sort of semi-rural area where it's it's sort of the foothills and then the hills where we call it the Mount Lofty Ranges, which is um, uh, yeah, very bushfire-prone uh, part of um, part of South Australia. There's been a few through there over the last few decades, and um, we're not too far away from there. But once you get out into proper sort of cattle cattle territory at night time, it can get at, you know, below zero. So it's by no means um, you know always sunny. Um, Australian weather is is very very good, um, and it can it can obviously differentiate between yeah, Adelaide is is dry hot summers and Sydney is um is humid and not quite as hot uh but it can get pretty revolting where you know you're you're commuting to work uh in a suit or a jacket and it's 35 and 90 percent humidity or some ridiculous like that and you're just thinking what, i really what think the dress code should yeah i mean i think dress code should be seriously relaxed when it's really really hot um women of course always get away with murder in offices in terms of what they wear but but why should men have to wear even a linen suit you know oh uh, that, um, the, the irony is if you if you wore a dress no one would bat an eyelid oh well these, but days, if you, oh, these days if you're a man you dressed can wear a dress it doesn't matter yeah you can wear a dress but you can't dress casually yeah I mean, that's true are you suggesting a slight contradiction in the identity politics game do you know? I think I am groping towards. Uh, if you'll pardon the expression, uh, I, I am groping but, towards I that. I apologise, um, but um, that's a microaggression, and you should back off before I decide to be offended. <laughs> There's a really good TV series called Scorpion, which you can catch on Netflix, and the um, it's about a bunch of geniuses that solve crime, and of course they're all as 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 stereotype would have it, they're all a bit a bit sort of autistic and whatever, and um, one of them has to go undercover in a college. And he gets accused of, um, as a teacher, he's, he's pretending to be a college professor. He's there to solve a crime. And he's accused by one of the students of, uh, of microaggressions. <laughs> and he says, well, if they're micro, why do they matter? Which is just so fantastic and rather good to see on an American TV show because normally they're so woke and ridiculous. Mm. But um, and also the implication was that, you know, because he's really intelligent, that he's more likely to be right. So it's not just that he was saying it, it's that that is the correct approach. <laughs> Actually, maybe don't worry about microaggressions. James, how are we going to win World War Three when people are consumed by all this nonsense? Well, uh, I don't know if I've explained this uh, analogy, which I'm going to borrow from um, uh, a, a one of my preferred and uh, favourite uh, thinkers and writers, uh, Douglas Murray, when, Douglas, yeah, great guy. When uh, he was had, he was on a podcast with uh, Sam Harris, who who's a um, another uh, great thinker, writer, a person in brilliant, uh, one of what perceived to be one of what's called the yeah, the new atheists, and was um, yeah, uh, yeah, just just a, a very a very deep uh, and uh, well intentioned thinker, and and has some fascinating conversations. Uh, such as the one we're having now. 
Um, although he, yes, or, or, well, we're very much in that uh, tradition, yeah. aren't we? Brilliant, brilliant men. Yeah, yeah, and just you know, uh, absolutely the peaks of our, our careers, and um, you know, ability to get on. You know, anyone we really want. Um, I mean, I'm sure you had a massive queue, and uh, I, I, I know that I can um, get on any, any. You know, I can have a chat with Jeff Bezos if I want to. That's how important I am. Anyway. Um, well, yeah. lockdown is good, actually. It's saving me from all the autograph hunters. Uh, it's been, <laughs> and I know that you get molested sexually, as I do frequently, by, by over-eager fans. So, yeah. yeah. Just, but what, did, what did Douglas have to say? Uh, women just throwing themselves at me. Uh, so he was talking about, as you know, when he sort of gets his moment and he has sort of five minutes to go on a bit of a roll, and he was talking about <laughs> the absurdities of, uh, you know, like Caitlyn Jenner getting glamour, glamour woman of the year only a year after uh, becoming a woman, um, which is, you know, it's not that hard these days. But um, uh, but she got ahead of the trend. Um, and, you know, after winning a few gold medals um, in a male sport. But in, in the decathlon. Yeah. In, 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 yeah, in the decathlon. Yeah. Not, yeah. Only a, only a minor feat. Um uh, and Douglas was saying, you know, oh, we're going to be talking about, you know, whether a man's or a woman or whether, you know, someone finds Caitlyn Jenner attractive when the Mullers come in with Kalashnikovs and blow everyone apart. It's true. It's true. You just, I mean, my goodness, the older generation must look at us and think you are so effete. How have you got time to worry about oh, this stuff? It's, it's Let alone the inclination. I mean, it's not just a... It's not just a developed uh, a world issue or a first world issue. It's it's like you've got to be not not only do you have to be reasonably well educated to um, well <laughs> educated in quotation marks I should say. Not only do you have the time, extensively educated, maybe not well educated, <laughs> or, 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 or some people say over, you have to be over educated um, in yeah. certain uh, faculties. Um, and topics, but uh, yeah, the, the idea that these are the big issues of our time when you know you still have uh, you know Africa uh, issue, the, the enormous issues in Africa, the enormous issues in the Middle East, um, you know, extreme poverty in, in many other parts of the world, and you know, and, and the biggest issue is whether there's enough um, pronouns on the on the uh, passport, yeah. the passport application form. And this is a cliched thing to say, but whenever I see a local police force in the UK tweeting oh, about um, checking oh. for hurtful language, you just sort of think, well done. Congratulations oh. for stopping all burglaries and robberies and murders in your locality. The fact that you've got time to worry about this, you must be really good at your job. Oh, it's like it must be like hot fuzz where the worst things when the swans escaped. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, the swans escaped. Um, quick, get it back in. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm really, I, I often find uh, out those um, you know, York, you know, North Yorkshire police uh, issuing a statement trying to find a man that said that a man cannot be a woman. If anyone finds this man, please report to us immediately. Um, uh, I, yeah, I'm. It's very frustrating to see, to see that I often find out through you know spiked, or you know, you know James James I think it's James Kirkup in the Spectator will write a piece on you know, the transgender stuff and 
Um, he's been very brave. He's been very brave. Absolutely. He could easily have left left this alone, but you know, um, we can't leave it alone anymore because it's. I mean, the, the, what's happened is that the sort of people that I met in small numbers at university are now dominant in the institutions. I mean, these people were all considered utter weirdos, but by which I mean the people who had these crazy views, not not so much people who are struggling with their sort of identity or all that kind of yeah. stuff, but the the, the, the proselytizers, the people who think they can tell other people what to say, what to think. I mean, the famous case is by another of our heroes, isn't it, Jordan Peterson, where he's saying, it's one thing to tell me I can't say something, and that in and of itself is, well, actually, fuck off. <laughs> but compelling me to say specific things, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And and he's so right. And, and almost the fact that what these people are saying is obviously untrue mm. is secondary. Mm. Because I think you or I would would not want to shut up people who say things we don't agree with. We'd want to take them on in debate. We wouldn't want them to be silenced. And I think both of us absolutely loathe harassment and bullying. But you cannot say that the mere act of saying, I don't agree with this, is bullying. Once you do that, you're a cry bully. You're pretending, I don't believe you. And you're trying to exert power over me by pretending to be a victim. And you can fuck off. Uh, and by the way... <laughs> While I'm on a rant, by the way, I think femininity is something to be celebrated. And by saying it's How something that can you. merely be asserted, something that's merely asserted or required diminishes it. And I am with the so-called trans-exclusionary radical feminists. You don't get to just assert that you're a woman. There is a cost to that. It is not cost-free. And it isn't just about sport. It isn't just about public lavatories. It goes well, well beyond that. Being a woman is something to celebrate and to cherish. And as an elderly friend of mine pointed out, to be a woman, you have to have had a girlhood, first of all. That's a necessary condition of being a woman. Um, you know, I don't want people to suffer. I don't want people to commit suicide. Although, as um, Ben Shapiro points out, suicide rates among people who have transitioned are just as high as those who haven't. Um, but you don't get to say that black is white, and it's not cost-free to do so. Uh, well, first, I'd like to quote uh, you know, a great thinker and um, uh, a person of our times, uh, Greta Thunberg, in saying, how dare you, you turf. Uh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Go back to school. <laughs> how dare you bloody get on a so-called emissions-free yacht and then the, half the crew get on a plane and jump back home. Yeah, how dare you? Um, <laughs> it's almost as if the world that you're advocating isn't actually going to work. Yeah, it's almost like you don't have any idea what you're talking about. But anyway, uh, just quickly. I um, mean, she is a child with a disability, and I do feel sorry for her. I mean, but I mean, if she's going to be legislating for us, then what she says has to be held to account. But okay. no, I interrupted you. No, I was going to say, I interrupted I'll, you. I'll, I'll respond to your other point. But just quickly, um, there was uh, someone, a, a colleague sent me a, um, a clip of Greta Thunberg being interviewed by, you know, CNN and, you know, primetime Anderson Cooper, CNN, discussing the coronavirus pandemic and a 10-minute clip. I was like, hmm, what specific and special insight does Greta Thunberg, a 17-year-old Swedish girl who has no qualifications and hasn't finished high school, I wonder what incredible insight she brings to this. Oh, that's right. Fuck all. Uh, absolutely nothing. 
and they're going for 10 minutes talking to her about the coronavirus pandemic, a once in 100 year event. And as though she's got some, you know, magic insight or, you know, wise, uh, you know, understanding of what, what humanity should do. I mean, I'm not surprised. We've got politicians. I'm not surprised given, uh, you know, she lectures the world about other things, but um, oh, just. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the microphone's put under her nose. She probably thinks, well, well, why not? But um, yeah, I mean, we've got, poli- Gary Lineker was a famous footballer in this country and mm. he tweets about politics a lot now. Yeah. You've got politicians actually saying, well, just to address what Gary said. And you just sort of think, I mean, there was a time when, Gary Lineker commenting on politics could have been the theme of a of a of a sketch on a comedy sketch oh. show because it was to be so sort of banal and ridiculous. But now he's taken to be a serious commentator. I mean, uh, as I said to someone else in a previous podcast, I don't think celebrities sh- should feel they they can't say anything. Mm. But why we would take them particularly seriously uh, is beyond me. Although the flip side of that is that I don't think we should passively accept anything that anyone says and one of my worries about lockdown is that we're just sort of allowing scientists to dictate rather than to advise yeah um yeah they haven't even been elected but but i don't even want people who have been elected simply to tell us what to do in excruciating detail you know my support for this lockdown is not is not going to be indefinite mm. it really isn't i'm not i'm not living like this for much longer because mm. it's not living it's enduring um, my understanding was always that at best it was something we'd have to do for a few weeks, but I don't give my consent to do this for months on end. And I don't give my consent for it to happen again and again in subsequent years. That's mm. not acceptable. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, yeah, I mean, you spend most of your life in a dungeon underground, don't you? So it's probably yeah. of, of limited concern. And then you want your guests to, be able to jo- yeah. come round. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you want them to be able to come around, though, don't you? So it does affect you in a way. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, have to pop up for for some air and um, and sunlight, and then you know, get back to the the dungeon where all the chains are. But um, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, vitamin we, vitamin D is important. Yeah, vitamin D is important. Um, I hope you're supplementing if you're not going out for days on oh, uh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, uh, of course. Um, <laughs> are you wearing your gimp mask in public when you go out uh only when i'm not wearing the burqa oh okay okay yeah, yeah. one or the yeah. other they're both black. okay that's good um yes yes so they go with anything that's good of yeah um we it, it's interesting I've, I've been watching um you know i'd say after australian media i'm straight on to you know british media uh, and then American media, generally in that order, um, particularly you know, stuff on, on politics. Um, and yes. it's fascinating to see the discussion and the phases and experiences in the UK relative to here. In Australia, I don't know if you've been watching, we've, we've done, it depends really how you measure it because, again, None of us re- none of us really know enough about the virus to make a yeah you know, a black or white decision on what's best for the country, what's best for you know the people or, or the certain demographic. Um, no, of, of and almost countries. no one knows. So you have uh, our, our situation where we've gone for a very early uh, approach to cutting off entrance into the country, and then containing certain clusters 
And that's worked very, very, very well from that point of view. And it has come at the cost of um, uh, shutting down certain businesses and asking people to work from home and not gathering in more than you know, groups of more than two and 10, depending on each state or territory. But uh, nothing compared to what's gone on in the UK, certainly nothing compared to the police presence, which I seem to think is uh, way over the top in parts of the UK where you know people will be by themselves in Hyde Park and then um, you know the cops come in and say, oh, what are you doing here? I'm just you know, getting some sun. Oh, move on, mate. It's like, no, how about you fuck off? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been yeah. very, I've been very fortunate to be. I think here in Australia, we have a very, very good health system. Uh, you know, split between public and and private, which you know, it's halfway between the UK and halfway between the US, where you know we have you know incredible private healthcare. My God, yes. Yeah, so didn't you know that occasionally it can work? Um, did you know that if you didn't have private... You can't think something that important shouldn't be left to bureaucrats. Oh, God, what... Oh, yeah, my apologies. Uh, I apologise to the sacred cow that is the NHS. All hail the NHS. It can never be uh, <laughs> you know, amended or even... This is blasphemy. NHS, NHS. This is blasphemy anyway. You know, save the NHS. No one should ever discuss any amendments or, or reform in any way. Um, we'll just give it more money and... Um, you know, the Labor Party who have their talking points for the next 50 years. Um, Barra Sands, when she was on the Question Time one night, said uh, the idea that the NHS couldn't possibly improve, for example, the way it goes about ordering paper. It's ridiculous, but that's the argument. Yeah. so It's absolutely sacred. Yeah. So we, we, we've had a, you know, uh, just, just quickly, you know, the idea that you know, if you didn't have a... Um, public health well if you have a private health system it takes the burden off the public health system and those that can afford private health should pay to do so in my view but i'm more than happy to pay my taxes for a public health system which on occasion i do use as well but the idea that one is morally right one option is morally right and one is morally wrong is just absolute crap but um you know in the uk it seems quite like, right um you know there was there was one policy of uh you know what, what is known, I suppose, in scientific talk as herd immunity. And then there was a slightly different approach uh, taken after a couple of weeks. And so there was a bit of indecision. I don't know whether it was the scientific advice or the, or the political decision-making, but um, it seems like the cases have gone up as well as the economy being damaged, where we haven't had the cases go up and not many, and we've had you know, 100 deaths out of seven and, you know, high 7,000s uh, of cases. And, yeah. uh, you know, our economy is, you know, we're licking our wounds, but, uh, you know, we're doing pretty well, uh, you know, can, relative to, you know, many other countries. So, uh, And you did pretty well in 2008 with that financial crash, didn't you? We did, yeah. We, I mean, we had, uh, you know, Kevin Rudd as Prime Minister at the time, and, you know, he... Uh, yeah, from what I've read, you know, I'd never say a big per fan personally of him, but I think from what was written at the time, that was his, uh, that was sort of his moment where he liked to be very busy and he liked to make big decisions. And I think he made a, on the whole, uh, on, you know, the stimulus and needing to, you know, boost the economy, you know, he got that part right. But then there's the other argument that he just went far too you know, too far with the stimulus packages and 
spent an enormous amount of money which the previous Howard government had you know essentially saved um, in in you know multiple surpluses so but we came out of that pretty well um, whereas I suppose you guys well it's that hilarious Blair and and yeah. Brown um, yeah yeah I mean Brown saved the banks but he didn't save the economy mm. um, I mean there's this sort of um, hilarious argument from the socialists that this this uh, this all this spending vindicates them and it's like well why do you think they can afford to spend now in a crisis oh there'd be no bloody money if you had been in power there'd be nothing left and there wasn't anything left when the conservatives came mm. to power in 2010 and the outgoing chief oh. secretary to the treasury famously left a note to that effect oh. um they really do seem to think you can just tax and spend like there's no tomorrow and it has no effect um you know i i I wouldn't say I'm a great economist by any means, but the level of economic illiteracy among some of our decision makers is just terrifying. It would help if some of them had ever run a business. Yeah, or um, you know, ever not worked as an apparatchik. Um, yeah. That would be yeah. a nice start. Um, that, that's why um, you know, I don't mind... You know, I had my criticisms of, uh, of Sir Keir Starmer, but, I mean, at least he's not... Uh, a Jeremy Corbyn, who, might I add, has never had any other job apart from work, really working in politics, didn't finish university, my understanding, and uh, was an no, old white, we got man, too easy old white man that, um, I don't think he was born in London, but spent almost all his life there. An old white man who spent almost all his time in a, white, uh, well, used to be white, uh, predominantly white, a Western... Um, yeah, capital city, and thinks that he brings some great, brilliant new insight as a as a leader. Uh, you know. Meantime, he's a cheerleader for the IRA and vicious anti-Semites around the world. Any, yeah. any enemy of Britain. Not sorry to see the back of him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, I can't tell you. You've how happy to I was you... after that elect. I cannot tell you. No. Oh, I, 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 I was so relieved. I was in the states, oh. but yeah, thank God. Praise the Lord. And the good sense of the British people. Um, you know, I think because the left have captured so many of the institutions, it, it, it looks like their opinion is a majority opinion, but it's not. And what we need to do now is purge the institutions of them because the great British public are still overwhelmingly sane and rational and good. So that's the next, uh, the next step. You've turned me into a shock jock, James. The first few podcasts have uh, been very <laughs> moderate and light and <laughs> you brought out my inner shock jock, but that's the way to get get hits i suppose oh. or even possibly a hit out on me but there you go well uh from our previous discussions you know we're both very interested in you know uh when we're not interested in boring topics we're interested in the most uh controversial topics of our time or certainly in the western let's world. get into it and, exactly uh, you know, exactly what's the point in not having a free-flowing discussion about the most interesting i would argue you know social cultural and political changes um uh you know in my view yeah. in my view these discussions aren't had often enough in um, in public life because of the you know tiptoeing and on eggshells that most of uh oh, people yeah. in public life uh do when they come across and it's and it means that a lot of these people genuinely think that everyone agrees with them oh. they actually sincerely believe it because people think either they're frightened or they just think you know what i can't be bothered it's quite good when you meet someone and uh, get to know them a bit and suddenly they're astonished to learn that you were pro-Brexit or, oh. you know, 
don't uh, again, accept how the you? trans trans <laughs> madness or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you a slightly lighter question, though, having said all that, which is, um, what are you sort of doing for consolation and fun at the moment? Are you getting into any any good TV? Are you reading much? Are you doing any sort of uh, exercise that's uh, invigorating you, or um, what are you up to? I uh, yes, uh, I mean, towards the start of this year, I was a little bit unwell. Uh, not not too bad, but just I think I had a sort of a viral bug or something, and it knocked me around for a couple of weeks or you know, even longer. Oh, sorry, mate. But I don't, I don't, it may well have been coronavirus because there are lots of evidence coming out now that there were cases far earlier, cases proven that were far earlier yeah. uh, than what we thought. So it's not like you know coronavirus wasn't in Australia in February or you know there's a case in um, no. in France where someone had it in early December um when you know the lovely trustworthy transparent world health organization uh didn't say that there was human to human transmission until the 20th or the 21st of january so um yeah uh which is a whole another separate thanks for being in the pocket of the chinese regime yeah, guys that, that's, that's really a whole another podcast right there i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah um, yeah i have to have you back yeah oh, god <laughs> you'll get me warmed up if neither of us are assassinated we'll uh, we'll do that we'll do that next yeah, time or bought off. yeah um <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, thankfully, um, I got here. I got back to Adelaide in late March, and um, uh, the weather was was still pretty nice. It was sort of high teens, low low twenties, and so I've been doing a fair, uh, you know, feeling a lot better now, and and uh, you know, doing a fair bit of running and um, and and walking. It's yeah, great great to get fresh air up here because um, there's you know, I, I essentially live on a yeah. dirt road in a valley, and it's. It's um, really nice and peaceful. Lots of big, you know, gum trees and um, uh, you know, wild animals around, um, such as myself. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, lots of hiking with a few mates and uh, really getting into golf uh, as well. Oh yeah, which is uh, something I've been meaning to do for some time. But um, yeah, it's uh, an inf- un- con- an incredibly unforgiving. Uh, game but at the same time when you do it right is uh, very satisfying but um other than that i've been reading uh reading a, a fair few books i've just started actually i was on the topic the majority of the conversation about uh identity politics which is yeah i love a good culture war discussion but i've been reading um yes. the late sir roger scruton's book uh fools frauds uh-huh. and firebrands um Oh, I've got that. Yeah, I've got that somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm about thirty pages in, and um, uh, it, it's very good. And uh, I, it's the first book I've read from him, and I'm very, obviously very sad. He passed away, I think, late last year. But probably a good thing. Really he, sad. He didn't get to see the horror of 2020. Um, but uh, yeah, so he'd have been an important, um, he'd have been an important critic of what's going on. I think. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but very sad. And I read uh, recently read uh, a book by a Ukrainian American uh, historian. I know I may be mispronouncing his name, but uh, his name is Serhi uh, Ploki or, or Plochi. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's he's uh, I think he's at the uh, Ukrainian Institute or Research Institute at Harvard. I think. Um, or one of the Ivy League um, universities in uh, in America. Anyway, he wrote a book on Chernobyl, and uh, it's one of the first, oh, okay. uh, first major, um, you know, historical pieces rather than not rather than a you know political or uh, social sort of commentary or, or you know, scientific commentary rather um, 
he's written a, a historical book on it and it is absolutely outstanding wow. and you, know, you can't put it down. And um, so I read that, uh, which I'd highly recommend if you're interested in the topic, but um, I, I finished that over that, the last fascinating. couple of weeks and um, a lot of, uh, a lot of parallels with uh, what's going on in um, uh, what went on in China with the, um, you know, we know how dangerous it is, but we're not going to talk about it for weeks and weeks. Um, yeah. And I mean, we've got to talk. Been, we've got to talk. You, you would have been uh, alive when uh, when you you would have been, I assume, a, a young man when that incident happened um, in 1986. Whereas I was um, still yet to be conceived. But um, yeah, fascinating. It's, well, it's I was fascinating. I was I was ten. I was ten. Yeah, yeah, I was alive. I remember it happening and. Of course, everyone was terrified of, of, of the bomb and nuclear material. Um, so, uh, yeah, that uh, that was very frightening for people. Um, and it'd be interesting to read all about the uh, literal fallout mm. and to uh, sort of see, uh, you know, to what extent it should terrify us with, with our own nuclear power stations. And I wouldn't be surprised if actually things are very sloppy in Chernobyl and, and don't need to be here, but I'll... Uh, I'll have a read. Well, listen, you jolly swag man. It's been great to speak to you. Oh, it's very um, Doing an impression of your accent is no doubt a hate crime, but uh, there we are. Yeah, you, you're a hero, you. and it's it's yeah, do yeah. Uh, take a take a case against me in the civil courts. Um, it's a criminal court, isn't it? It's a crime. Yeah, hate crime. We'll make sure. Um, yeah, buddy. Let's catch up soon. I'm sorry it's been so long, and uh, thank you for sharing uh, this conversation with the listeners of eclectic waffle um no thank you and it's been this has been james it's been brilliant to chat and uh, i look forward to next time thank you very much catch up soon my friend we won't record every conversation we'll, we have we'll we'll, uh, we'll go even further into the weeds we don't want to go off, to jail too air. quickly but uh no no <laughs> thank you very much again and keep it real my friend you. yeah take care buddy thank you Cheers, bye 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 Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. Oh, I do like to be beside the sea. And I do like to stroll along the om-pom-pom where the brass brands play tiddly om-pom-pom. So just let me be beside the seaside. Oh, I'd be beside myself with glee. There are lots of girls beside. I would like to be beside, beside the seaside. Beside the sea. Thank you for listening to Eclectic Waffle. Hope to catch you next time. And in the meantime, why not go back and have a listen to previous episodes that you might have missed? Bye for now.